Shalom. We are so glad you're joining us on this episode of Our Hope. We created this podcast as a resource for followers of Yeshua, where they can learn more about Israel, the Bible, and the Jewish community. Together, we discuss Messianic apologetics, dive into Scripture, and hear stories from Jewish believers in Jesus. If you've enjoyed our podcast series, please consider supporting us at ourhopepodcast.com support. You could also help us by sharing this podcast on social media, talking about it with your friends and family, or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. We are so grateful for you, and we hope this episode of Our Hope is both enlightening and encouraging. Thank you for joining us as we explore God's steadfast love for Israel. We encourage you to take this topic a step further by ordering Israel's Glorious Future. This book further explores God's promises and enduring affection toward this nation. Get your copy today at 20% off with Our Hope listener's special promo code, Israel20, by going to ourhopepodcast.com forward slash Israel book. Now back to our episode. Welcome to Our Hope, a production of Chosen People Ministries. Why is Israel so important to God? We often read and hear about Israel and the Jewish people being chosen by God. But why are they chosen, and for what purpose? Does the church assume the same role as Israel? Or is Israel's call one that is distinct and unique to her? In this episode of Our Hope, we bring you two interviews from our show, Shalom Jerusalem, which currently airs on the National Religious Broadcaster Station. These interviews were conducted by Esther Allen, the Senior Communications Director for the Alliance for the Peace of Jerusalem. Esther shares our heart for Israel and seeks to educate the Church about the special role this nation has in the Bible. In this first interview segment, Esther speaks with Dr. Greg Stone, who serves at Gateway Church in Texas. Dr. Stone is a Jewish believer in Jesus, and he shares about his ministry and Israel's significance to God. Take a listen. Hello and welcome to Shalom Jerusalem. I'm Esther Allen. My guest today is Pastor Greg Stone. Greg serves as the pastor of Jewish ministries at Gateway Church for over 25 years. He has a doctorate from the King's University and Messianic Leadership, and he loves to talk about and teach the Jewish roots of the New Testament. Pastor Greg, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really thankful to be to be with you today. You bet. Pastor Greg, I have been told that you grew up in a Jewish household and came to faith in Jesus later in life. I would love to hear a little bit about your decision to follow Jesus as Messiah. Yeah, that's my story. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of New York City. My rabbi was Rabbi Arthur Hertzberg, and he was the vice president of the World Jewish Council, president of the American Jewish Congress. And um, so I was bar mitzvah under him and uh, came to faith when I was 24 years old um, while I was in the Air Force. Uh, a a home group leader from a church invited me to his church, and I was really struck 
by the love that I felt from the people in the room. Wow. Well, my husband also served in the Air Force, so I want to thank you first for your service to the country. Uh, next, I would love to talk about the Gateway Center for Israel, something that has recently launched. Of course, Gateway has a long history of loving the Jewish people and serving Israel. Um, but I would love to hear about the Gateway Center for Israel. And in particular, there is uh, something that grabbed my attention on the website. I'd love for you to expand on this statement. It says, we believe in Israel's irrevocable election and affirm the calling of Jewish followers of Jesus to remain true to their identity as Jews. Could you speak to this for us? Happy to. Well, let me begin by saying that Gateway Church is a little unusual in that we actually have two Jewish departments. So we have, uh, as it were, the apostolic Jewish department, which the Gateway Center for Israel is a part of, and that's led by Nick Lesmeister. And he's he is a Gentile with a heart to help the church um, uh, love and support Israel. And then we have my department, which is the local Jewish ministries of Gateway. So it's kind of like church walls in, church walls out kind of thing. And so the Gateway Center for Israel exists to help the church um, be effective in loving Israel. And basically, um, the church the the idea is to create a situation where. Uh, rabbi, uh, where pastors are are fostering a situation where Jewish people can feel comfortable in their church and training um, pastors to succeed in building relationship with Israel and supporting Israel and supporting Jewish people um, and basically trying to replicate what is happening at Gateway. And so I lead what's at Gateway. Pastor Greg, I would love for you to take a minute to explain to us what you do at Gateway, what your job looks like, a pastor of Jewish ministries. Unfortunately, not many churches here in the West might have that position. So tell us a little bit more of what your role and responsibility looks like. Well, I have the privilege of, of we basically do three things at, at Gateway Church. One is we um, we believe in Jewish evangelism. We do believe that Jewish people need Yeshua. We do believe that that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah for Jew and Gentile. We believe that. And so, so we believe in Jewish evangelism. The second thing we do is, is we train the church on her uh, Jewish roots. So, And that probably takes up most of what I do because most of Gateway Church is a Gentile church. And so I'm constantly training both the staff and the people, uh, the the congregants, on what it means to be built upon the Jewish roots. So we have a monthly Jewish service, Messianic service. We have um, regular classes and and teachings uh, on in groups. And I teach at the King's University. Um, so uh, we do all that kind of stuff. And then we believe in supporting um, the Messianic. Uh, ministries around the world. That's one of the things that sets us apart from a lot of the other ministries that love Israel, but they don't really either do Jewish evangelism or support Messianic ministries. And we at Gateway believe in both. Pastor Greg, how would you encourage church leaders out there to have a healthy view of Israel? Well, I would start first with just praying for Jerusalem, because when you pray for something, your heart moves in that direction. And the scripture is really clear that we should be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. So uh, I would start there and that'll let God really work in your heart. Um, and then I would just I would just work at being informed. 
uh, I, I would pray for Israel. I, um, I would encourage churches to do things like give towards Jewish ministries, evangelism. Um, imagine what would happen if every evangelical church or every church um, not only tithed of her income, 10%, but beyond that, gave a tithe of their tithe to some kind of Jewish ministry, uh, Jewish evangelism or chosen people ministries or um, any kind of Jewish ministry. If we just supported Jewish ministries with 1% of our church's income, that would be a tithe of the tithe, it would make a huge difference in the church's ability to reach Jewish people. You know, Pastor Greg, uh, you have studied this topic of Jewish evangelism, of Messianic leadership. I, I can't help but think there are probably viewers watching this who might be accidentally replacement in their theology. Um, they might have accidentally thought that all these promises that God has made for Israel and the Jewish people are now just the churches. And I wondered if you could take a few minutes and maybe describe why Israel is different from the church. Are their roles different? And, and does Israel, is there still a place for Israel in, in today's landscape? Well, replacement theology is basically the theology that says that the church has replaced Israel. And, um, and there's three views of that. There's the, the punitive view, which says that Israel only exists so God could punish her and, and show his wrath. And, and uh, um, that's, that's really... Uh, uh, that's the basis of the Holocaust and things like that. That's that's totally not Christian. The second view is is um, what we would call economic supersessionism. Basically, in the economy of God, Israel has fulfilled her purpose, and really, that's really sets God up to look like a wicked person, because what that paints God as. Imagine a man who starts off in life with without much and he marries this woman and she helps him and he makes it he's now rich and he's now famous and he's successful and he decides one day to trade his wife in for a younger prettier model we would think that a man like that was a wicked man but that is exactly what we make god out to be if we think that god has traded his wife in for the church Instead, the church is special because she is grafted onto, that is connected with Israel. And Israel is like the bride, as it were, in the book of Hosea. And the Bible's clear on that. The Tanakh, the Jewish Bible is really clear on that, that God is faithful to his people Israel. No matter how they have, have behaved, he is faithful. And so, yes, he has a Mosaic and an Abrahamic covenant, they're both beautiful. One of them emphasizes or includes the idea of discipline, includes it, the Mosaic Covenant. But the other covenant, the Abrahamic Covenant, is this covenant of unconditional love. And when God wants to discipline Israel, he'll pull out that Mosaic Covenant and discipline her. But when he wants to just love on her, he pulls out the Abrahamic Covenant and he, he loves on her. So under the Mosaic Covenant, he exiled Israel. And, and it, he brought Israel back in 1948. He didn't bring Israel back because she was living in obedience to the Mosaic Covenant. No, he brought her back because he is a faithful, loving, good God who loves his people with an unconditional covenant. And that is how we should treat Israel. I'm a husband. I love my wife. 
if you want to to win my heart, say something kind about my wife. If you want to to really cause me to think twice about you as a person, say something unkind about my wife. You know, it, I'll never forget it. She's my wife. I love her. And you know, people constantly they forget that Israel is the apple of God's eye. He loves her. You want to win the heart of God, love on Israel. He loves them. Pastor Greg, thank you for your passion. And certainly in your bio, you even say that one of your passions is teaching the Jewish roots of the New Testament. I would love for you to just give our viewers a sneak peek at some of God's heart and some of the Jewish roots that are in the New Testament. Well, let's start with the end. Let let uh, you know. I mean, I, we could go anywhere. We could start with Matthew, but let's let's go to Revelation. The book of Revelation ends in Revelation twenty one, where God says to, to to John, He says, "And I will show you the bride." Right? And so John sees the bride, and what he sees is the New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride. So he says, "I'll show you the bride." Now this is different from Ephesians. In Ephesians, God says that he says, he says, "Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church." That's a metaphor. That's a simile. By definition, a simile is not a statement of fact. He says, "Husbands, love your wives the same way Christ loves the church." But the bride is actually Israel, and the church is grafted onto Israel. And so, when God says to John, "I will show you the bride," He sees the New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And what does He see? He sees a structure, if you will, that has twelve gates and twelve foundation stones. And the twelve foundation stones are all the names of the twelve apostles. They're all Jewish. And in the foundation stones, we can we can. Fairly well, assume they're at the bottom of the gates, but then there's also the names of the twelve tribes of Israel that are on the gates. Well, we can assume that those names would be over the gates, since the apostles are under the gates. So, so the names of the twelve tribes of Israel are eternally inscribed over the gates of the eternal Jerusalem. That that blows replacement theology away, and so the way into the new heaven, the way into the new Jerusalem, like after the current heaven, after the the current world, and the new heavens and the new earth, the way into the eternal one means that you will walk into this place, and you can look down and see the name of a Jew. You can look up and see the name of a Jew. Every person who enters, everyone. Who enters the New Jerusalem enters through Israel. There are no anti-Semites in heaven. Wow, that is a powerful visual and a powerful truth, Pastor Greg. Thank you for being with us today, viewers. We want you to check out what Gateway Church is doing to love the Jewish people, and we also want you to check out the Gateway Center for Israel. And of course, look at our website at Alliance for the Peace of Jerusalem to find out more about the Jerusalem Alliance. Israel exists for God's glory. Through Israel, God gave the world the Messiah and the Bible, and in the future, Israel will play a key role in end times. You can watch Shalom Jerusalem every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and on Thursdays at 5:30 p.m. Eastern Time on nrbtv.org.
Now that we know what the Bible says about Israel, let's take a look at what is happening in the land today. The next interview features Michael and Vanessa Mistretta, Executive Directors of FIRM, or the Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries. The Mistrettas have a special connection to Israel, and they can testify that God is not only bringing people back to the land, but He is also bringing spiritual revival. Listen to their encouraging story. My guests here today are Michael and Vanessa Mistretta. They are executive leaders of the organization FIRM, which stands for Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries. There's more than 60 partner ministries that are working with Michael and Vanessa to share about Jesus in the land of Israel. And they are dear friends of mine. I'm honored to have them with us today. Thank you, Michael and Vanessa, for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're privileged to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I want to begin this show by reading an Alliance for the Peace of Jerusalem statement, and that's kind of going to set the tone of what we're going to talk about today. You can see our full statement of our affirmations and denials at JerusalemAlliance.com. But this is a very important statement because it includes your family's story. Um, so it says that we affirm the preservation of the Jewish people despite centuries of persecution, violence, and the return of millions of Jewish people to the land of Israel demonstrate that God is capable of keeping his promises and fulfilling his covenants. So again, thank you for joining us. And I would love for you to speak briefly about this preservation of the Jewish people. Well, Esther, thanks for reading that. And I just think that's so important. We're here in Jerusalem. We're literally looking out over um, the city, kind of in the heart of downtown Jerusalem. And it's a miracle that we can look out and see Jerusalem restored as it is today. I mean, we, we take it for granted when we see Israel on the news, but it really is a miracle that never before have we seen a people leave their ancestral homeland and 2000 years later be back restored in the land and speaking the same language, um, worshiping the same God. And I think it's, it's a miracle. Yeah. So do you believe that it was God who brought the Jewish people back to the land? And do you believe that this is a fulfillment of prophecy? We do 100%. I mean, even for my own life, my own testimony, I had zero desire to come back to Israel. I was born and raised Jewish, and I, it was never on my radar. But God is the one who put it on my heart because it's something that he's doing. And he even says in scripture, you can look all through Jeremiah and Ezekiel. He says it's something that he's doing, and he will be known as the God who brings the, the Jewish people from the four corners of the earth back to Israel more than he was known the, to be the God who led the Jewish people out of Egypt. And so it's just an, an incredible miracle. And I even feel I'm a walking miracle to be back here, to be living in the land and it's something that he is doing so that way the whole world will know he is the Lord God. And that, and that I think is the important thing just to understand is that it's not because um, the Jewish people are more special or more important right. but it's that the world would know that he is God that he's yeah. a covenant keeping God that he's a faithful God and the fact that God is faithful to our people uh, is an example to the world of his covenant keeping uh, faithfulness. And I, one of my favorite scriptures is out of the book of Timothy, and it's in the New Testament, Paul's writing to the church, but he's he's saying that when, when we are faithless, he remains faithful. Right. And I think that is the story of the Jewish people, and that's why we believe in the preservation of the Jewish people. Ah, thank you for that. Your story is so important, and there are so many like you. And I would love for you to share briefly about Alia. What is Alia? You recently made Alia. Congratulations. But tell us about what that is. 
Yeah, so making Aliyah is basically it's coming back to the land. It's it's going up uh, is the actual meaning is is going up, and so really it's coming back and uh, and becoming a citizen technically. So either if your mother is Jewish or your father is Jewish, you have to go through a process of proving that and then being able to then become a citizen of Israel. And, and in the so, in the Bible, you probably have heard of the, the Psalms of Ascent. Yeah. These I, I never understood that growing up, but now that you, we live here, we can see. Oh, these were the songs that the, the Jewish people sang as they ascended to Jerusalem. It wasn't just a physical ascension and elevation up a mountain, but it was also a spiritual ascension. Right. And um, right after the state of Israel was founded in 1948, a couple years later, uh, they, they put into law the law of return. And basically they said, if, if Hitler would have killed you, so they used Hitler's requirements. If your mother or father or your, your grandparent, if the two generations you can prove Jewishness, then you have the right to return to the land to make Aliyah and to become a citizen of Israel. Right. It's funny though, because you, you know, even when I lived here at first in 2005, I studied abroad here and I was told, oh, you're Jewish, you need to make Aliyah, you need to become a citizen. And I was like, no, I'm all American, I'm going back to America. And, and they even said, well, you're either going to be fished or hunted. And I thought, what? Like, what is that? That's just kind of so out there. I never heard that in scripture before, but it's something that, you know, even God is drawing the Jewish people back and he's drawing the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. But there will be a time where people will come, whether by, by being led or by being forced. But we really believe that this is what God is doing again, not for our sake, but for his glory and to show who he is um, as the God of Israel and the faithfulness that, that he carries. I love that perspective because so many times we want to look at um, God from a non-biblical way. And you're saying that this testimony is giving God credit for being a covenant keeping God. So it's important. Totally. Yeah. And it's definitely something he's doing because I had no desire. <laughs> and, and I think you can see it really clearly if you go to Ezekiel 36. You know, this passage, often we use it in the church to talk about someone being born again. But he says, speak to the house of Israel. And he says, he says to Ezekiel in verse 26, it's not for your sake, O house of Israel, I'm about to act. It's for the sake of my holy name that yeah. the nations would know that I'm the Lord. And, then, and he says what he's going to do. He says he's going to bring them back to the land, bring us back to the land. And then he's going to remove a heart of stone and give a heart of flesh. So we, we see that as a physical restoration followed by a spiritual restoration. That's exactly what's happening here in Israel today. Totally. And that's what we get to be a part of even here is recognizing that these there are people who are sharing the gospel and building the kingdom. And there are incredible things that are happening here. And people are coming to know the one true God. And, and it is just incredible to be able to see not just believing God, but believing Yeshua as his son and the savior. Um, it, it's just amazing to see the miracles that are happening. Well, thank you for the way that you are wrapping your arms physically around what God is doing there in Israel and coming alongside ministries and churches, humanitarian efforts. We're proud of your work there. You know, speak to me for a minute just about Jesus's return, because, you know, he's not going to return to the, the United States of America in the way that many of us think. Um, being there in the land of Israel, speak to us about Jesus's return, what that means and what you think that might look like. Yeah, you know, if I could just say one thing, I, I go to Jesus' prayer that he prayed on the Mount of Olives, looking over Jerusalem. You know, there's only three th times we read that Jesus wept, that he cried. One was over Lazarus, one was over Jerusalem, and the third time was as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, weeping for his own life. 
And um, when he wept over Jerusalem, he said, uh, oh, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you. And, and he says these words. He says, you won't see me again until you say. He's talking to the Jewish religious leaders in Jerusalem, saying, you will not see me again until you say, Baruch Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's what, that's what we're longing to see, that the, the, we have Jewish majority religious leaders back in Jerusalem. And we believe when they say, blessed are you who comes in the name of the Lord, that, that's what we believe. Jesus is returning back to the Mount of Olives, the same place he ascended. He'll also return. And we know Chosen People Ministries has been involved here for decades. There's so many amazing uh, workers that are partnering for this. And we just hope maybe some of the people listening, you want to get involved, get involved with a ministry that is uh, helping Jewish people to see our Messiah in a whole new way. Yeah, and really just praying for our hearts to soften, for people to come to know, to have a vision from the Lord and to have revelation straight from the Lord, to know who God is and to be able to know a Savior, Yeshua. Mm, we all long for that return, don't we? <laughs> uh, thank you for reminding us of that. You know, as the show airs, Yom Kippur is happening, which is a very holy day, a day of atonement. So talk to me about what that looks like in Israel. Yeah, so I grew up actually, you know, celebrating Yom Kippur my whole life. And um, it's, it's a little different in the States than it is here in Israel. But in Israel, everything completely shuts down. I mean, you could literally walk on the highways. It's amazing. Um, the, there's nobody out. You know, people are just, it's a holy day. And really, the day is for atonement. They, the Jewish people think that is their day to be forgiven of all of the sins um, that they have have made over you know the the year and so it happens every year so you fast and you pray and you seek the lord but the real heart of it is the longing the longing for god to come and draw near and so we as believers know that that is a day we still celebrate and honor and we know that it is a longing for the lord to draw near but our salvation is through yeshua through the blood of yeshua not through um through just this one holiday but even you know in the in the bible and it talks about on this day is when they made sacrifices because there has to be a blood sacrifice and so you you know just being able to to experience and to know that Yeshua is our blood sacrifice you know that's where we have full freedom in um in our faith and we as a people are not able to sacrifice a blood offering yeah. in the temple so the Jewish people kind of adapted that and said well now we can receive forgiveness of our sins through prayer which yeah. we know that's true but there still has to be a blood sacrifice and that's right. one of the biggest proofs I think of of Jesus being the Messiah who shed his blood for our sins is that without without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. So that's an important reminder as we approach this holiday, uh, that it's only through the shedding of the blood of the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world that we truly can find atonement. So I would just even encourage you on this day, as you know that Jewish people all around the world are taking this day that you specifically pray, take the day to pray for the Jewish people to come to know the one true Yeshua, the Messiah, the living Savior of, of, our, of our life. Michael and Vanessa Mistretta with the Fellowship of Israel Related Ministries. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for unifying believers there in Jerusalem. We stand with you, we support you, and we pray for you. God bless.
The Mistretas remind us that God is a covenant-keeping God. The modern state of Israel is proof that God does not break his promises. He preserved the land, and as prophesied in scripture, he is bringing his people back there. As believers, we can be encouraged that if God is faithful to keep his covenant with Abraham, he will also be faithful to keep his promises to us. That is his nature, and as his children, we can learn to adopt his heart towards Israel and the Jewish people. Let us remember that the gospel is to the Jew first and then to the Greek, and make reaching out to our Jewish brethren in love a priority. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Our Hope. This episode was made possible by Dr. Mitch Glazer, Esther Allen, the Alliance for the Peace of Jerusalem, Dr. Greg Stone, Gateway Church, Michael and Vanessa Mistretta, the Fellowship of Israel-Related Ministries, National Religious Broadcasters, Abraham Vasquez, Grace Sui, and Kyron Bautista. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Our Hope. If you like our show and want to know more, check out ourhopepodcast.com or chosenpeople.com. See you next time.